Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be fed. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, For you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you. For that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Do these blessings and woes seem upside down to you? The poor, the hungry, the weeping, the hated and excluded are the blessed ones and those who are rich and well-fed, full of joy and laughter and honored among their peers, those are the ones to whom woe is spoken? Seems upside down from our day-to-day experience of life, doesn't it? How can it be that the very things that we aspire toward, that we work to achieve, wealth, a full belly, joy and laughter, surrounded by our friends and family, how can those things be spoken of in such a negative light? And then the very things we run away from, that we want no part of, that we would be ashamed to have be attached to our name, poverty, hunger, sorrow and weeping, to be hated and excluded. How can those things be spoken of in such a positive light? It is 
upside down in our way of thinking? Is Jesus speaking in hyperbole? What is the point that he is trying to get across by these provocative, upside-down proclamations? Jesus is trying to direct our gaze from this mortal life to our eternal life. If this life is the only life we have, some 70 years, maybe more, if we are so blessed, if this life is all that we have, then you better get to getting. (laughs) Right? You want to stockpile and you want to hoard because you want to sap every little bit of joy out of life. Because if this is all there is, it would be a shame to experience sorrow, wouldn't it? You want to get the most out of every single moment because they are so precious and few. Time takes on a completely different significance if this life is all there is. And the things that you possess take on a a completely different significance if you can only enjoy things in this life. It doesn't seem so selfish if it is trying to just get the most out of life. To provide security for myself and for my family and and my loved ones. We want to have a well-fed stomach. To have the security that wealth provides. To be able to laugh with our friends to have friends, to have honor among our peers. These things are supremely important if this life is all that we have. Conversely, if this life is all that we have, the last thing you want to be is poor, hungry, weeping, Suffering, hated, excluded for any reason, especially for the name of Christ. We don't want to experience any of that. How pitiable one's life would be if they experienced life and that was the sum of their experience. We would say of such people, as St. Paul does in our lesson from 1 Corinthians today, if for this life only we have faith in Christ, we have life in Christ, if that only applies to this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. That's because St. Paul knew that to be a Christian does not exempt you from suffering in this world. He goes through lists in some of his letters of the beatings, imprisonments, riots, and uh, sleepless nights, hunger, shipwrecks, 
poisons, all these things that he underwent. And if all of that was for this life only, if that's all that there is, oh, what a shame, we would say, that somebody would live life in such a way. We certainly couldn't call such a person blessed if this life is all that there is. (laughs) But it's not, is it? And that makes all the difference. Jesus is risen from the dead, never to die again, victorious over death. And that makes all the difference for us. This life is not all that there is. Jesus' resurrection from the dead proves it. And it turns all of our thinking upside down. It changes the definitions of what it means to be blessed or cursed in this life. When we understand that this life is not all that we have. Rather, we have eternity. That makes all the difference. Worldly wealth becomes irrelevant when you have been given the riches of the kingdom. The things that we hold to be beautiful and good Amusing, even. Change. In the light of Christ's resurrection dawn. The gift of his body and blood given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, fed to you, to give you strength in faith, it satisfies in a deeper way than any great feast could. The accolades of our peers mean nothing if at the end of our days we do not hear the words of our Father in heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. The resurrection of Jesus makes every bit of difference for those who are suffering in this life. Christians who are poor, hungry, weeping, hated, excluded, are sustained through all of their sufferings in hope, knowing, one, that Christ is with them, that he understands their suffering because Christ himself underwent such suffering. Those who passed by the cross on Good Friday would wag their heads in pity. Some of them even mocked him, saying, the one who spoke of eternal life dying on a cross in such a shameful way, buried in a borrowed tomb. And yet, on the third day, he rose from the dead. 
And that, that made all the difference. It is God's redemption of Jesus from all his suffering, and it is your redemption too. He is risen from the dead, victorious over death, and he shares with you the spoils of that victory. Forgiveness, life, salvation. And so we are sustained in hope. Because we are joined to Christ in a death like his, we will be joined with him in a resurrection like his, a real bodily resurrection. Because he lives, I will live also, not only for this life, but my soul will not taste death. This body, though it decay and become like dust, will be raised on the last day. Just as he spoke to Lazarus, he will speak to each one of us. He will call you by name and draw you forth from the grave. Never to die again. To live and reign with him forever. And the best part is, you don't even have to wait till you die to start experiencing it. St. Paul was no stranger to suffering. As I said, he had lists of the ways in which he suffered that he records for us. But listen to how the resurrection made a difference for him in his experience of suffering in this life. He writes in 2 Corinthians, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our bodies. He goes on to say, we are treated as impostors, and yet are true as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. You, Christian. Possess everything, not because of your barns and your bank accounts, but because of your baptism. Christ has given to you the riches of the kingdom of God. That doesn't change based on your life circumstances, whether you have food on the table or money in your wallet, whether you're crying or laughing. You have the kingdom. You have Christ himself for you and not against you. What more is there? What more could we want? Truly, because Christ is risen from the dead, we count ourselves, we are called by Christ, blessed. In Christ, the poor are made rich beyond all human telling. 
The hungry are satisfied. The sorrowful find consolation in God so that we can bury our dead and grieve, but not as those who have no hope, but know that one day we will be raised. The hated discover themselves to be beloved children of God. Those who are excluded, the black sheep of the family, find full inclusion in the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is our current reality, even if it doesn't seem to be our current experience. By faith, we can see what our eyes cannot. We live by hope for that day when faith and sight become the same thing. Until that day, we hold on to hope, knowing that Christ is risen from the dead. He is risen. Church, I said, He is risen. Hallelujah.